They, <laughs> they say. Oh, yeah. I'm curious. So, uh, where'd you get your certification through? I got it through an organization out of Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what type of organization? What's the uh, name of it? It's an online organization. One of the uh, one of the that offers the courses to get your certification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Cool. Personal and life coach. Oh, very good. And uh, we will go from there. So, what? Uh, tell me about yourself a little bit. How? What? What was? Who are you, Wayne? I am an author, as I said before, a certified life career relationship coach, writer, content maker. I am a father of two sons, married, living in Tennessee, and uh, a big picture thinker. <laughs> nice. Very good. I like that. And uh, what motivated you to get into life? Uh, what motivated you to get into coaching? Well, you, you know, um, I've done probably about 60 podcasts, umpteen number of radio live talk shows. And that question came up quite a bit. Do you offer coaching? Mm. <laughs> well, at some point I did not. I said, well, all right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We'll be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. What's up, Vision Pros? Welcome into another episode of Vision Pros Live. I'm your host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. And I've got Wayne Faulkner on today. Wayne Faulkner is an author and a personal life coach, helps people with relationships as well. We're going to be diving into his vision, who he serves, how he helps others. Um, he's based out of Tennessee, and uh, he said, go volunteers uh, when I talk to him. So, um, I like the, I have a feeling he likes some college football, um, and it is the season. So, uh, we'll have some fun with that. And, um, without further ado, let's go into sponsors. Um, and then we'll, we'll take it off with Wayne. So iconmakerlive.com. Um, I would check iconmakerlive out. If you have any interest in podcasting and growing a business, they have a program called seven figure podcasting and seven figure podcasting program. And Tom, Tom Matson and Cheryl Pluff uh, do an excellent job of running this event um, in Sage Studios. And in it, they had they had not only a great lineup, but they have an ability to run a mastermind that was just excellent. Um, they, they talked about your dream 100, but they also facilitated the process of getting to know people who might connect you to your dream 100. And I just I hadn't been the mastermind as effective as the way Tom ran that. Um, Cheryl and Danella, the other two founders, also brought their own unique expertise to the uh, the playing field. And it was really cool to see each one of them deliver such phenomenal impact for the people who were, who were not only present in the room, but also the virtual aspect of that as well. If you want to look up Sage Studios or if you go to iconmakerlive.com and take a look at some of the photos, you can just see how, how prestigious this uh, particular production studio is. It's absolutely amazing. Capshow.com as well, C-A-P-S-H-O.com is a number one copywriting, uh, number one AI copywriting software as ranked by digitalmarketer.com. We use it to produce show notes, um, to produce content for our show as well. What you do is you upload your audio or your video file. And then once it's in there, you just click on these buttons. And I recommend uploading a piece of content of yours that you're proud of. Click on the buttons for Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, 
um, your LinkedIn articles, your blog posts, um, generating sound bites. And the faster you click, the faster you get results because the copywriter is then going to create content for you based on those topics. And now you can have an entire bank of content to support your episode. When it comes to these podcasts, you know, only only a few people are going to see it, especially in your beginning days, if you're not promoting it out there, if you're not getting it out there organically. So when you use that tool and you get that content, now you've got what you need to copy and paste, maybe make some edit tweaks, but now you can share that um, much more effectively and without, you know, burning the candle at both ends where you're having to write the content as well as then distribute it. Now you can just focus on distributing. And the more you share that, the more likely you're going to get one person here, one person there, one person there. And next thing you know, if you've got 80 pieces of content, now you've got 80 more viewers who are coming in and looking at your episodes. So um, the statistics don't necessarily match up like that. In some cases, when you post, 80 people see it. In other cases, not very many people see it. But either way, the more you're posting, the more your distribution um, is getting out there, the more likely you are to enhance the growth of your audience. It's very important to get great quality content out there. And what better way to do that than if you're a good presenter with your voice, utilizing those clips to get an AI to write your copy for you. Um, so without further ado, oh, one other thing real quick, and that's the water project. If you are in a position to be able to give at least a dollar or something to an entity that matters, to me, the water project is one of the best things that you can support. There are people all over the world who do not have access to clean drinking water, something we take for granted every single day. I'm not just talking about water that's not filtered. I'm talking about walking miles um, to get a bucket of water for their family that that may not be sanitary. Um, the Water Project focuses on different places in Africa that do not have access to water in, in remote villages, and they help them build a sand dam or borehole well or a suitable renewable source of water so that they can maintain it themselves. And what's really cool is when you donate to one of those projects, you get to see the outcome of the um, of the donation that you gave and how it affects the community. So I recommend supporting that. If you don't want to support that, support your own thing. Um, go give to something else that you that you know of that, that draws your your heart and mind to it. So without further ado, now let's bring Wayne Faulkner on and let's talk his vision. Wayne, thanks for being here today. We appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Wayne, uh, for those who are curious, who don't know you, maybe don't even know me, um, who should be listening today? Why should they listen to you? And what are they going to get out of today's show? I would say any uh, viewer or listener that has faced a challenge, whether it's a past challenge or a current challenge they're facing, I'm going to give you some ideas and information how to bounce back from those challenges or setbacks you may have chosen. The title of my new book, my second book rather, is Setback or Stepping Stone. It's your choice. So I want to let you know that you can change and improve and reinvent your life and yourself. Absolutely. I love that. All right. Um, and the let's talk about that vision you have. So um, as people get ready to bounce back or overcome their challenges, what's your vision for those that you serve? Well, you know, I want you to know that, you know, with all my might, it should be done. You can use every fiber of your being to make your pivot, to go beyond where you are right now. You may not understand or know that, but after this broadcast, you will for sure, because things can change only if you want them to. You have to be so determined, you will say and declare with all my might, yes, I will accomplish this goal. Mm, very good. So we're going to talk about the power of beliefs then. In that case is what it sounds like. Yes. 
Good. Okay. And uh, for yourself, you know, over the next uh, 10, 15, 20 years, Wayne, what's your personal vision? Where, where do you see yourself going? Well, I want to continue to write. I'm currently writing my fourth book. I'm about halfway done and just continue to continue to put out good content, good information, because I truly strongly believe that within my creative space, I want to do all I can to help this world be a better place. I like that. Books are a great way to leave a lasting legacy, aren't they? Yes, they are for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, as we, as we get ready to dive in, um, you know what? We're going to go a little bit differently today. Um, I want to make sure that we fulfill on this promise and, and have the opportunity to. So um, let's dive right into those people who are facing challenges and, and have a need to bounce back. Um, what what can and, and by the way, guys, um, Wayne is also the uh, let me pull this off the screen and uh, and give you guys a little bit of a, of a look into what Wayne has to offer. Let's see here. Normally, I have my trusty sidekick here to, to help me display these. We're going to go right over to thinkcreatesuccess.com. This is one of his websites um, about igniting your path to personal transformation and success. Um, you can check out what he has going on over here. And Think to Create Success, Unlocking Your Potential with TCS Coaching. And then he's got his books on Amazon. This is one of his books, How to Think and Create Success. Um, so, as we, as we look over these, Wayne, go ahead. Uh, let's talk about bouncing back and overcoming those challenges. Well, you know, in Western culture, uh, we are somewhat obsessed with perfection. And yes. in doing so, inevitably, it always leads to a fear of failure. There's no perfection in life. Yeah. And there's no failure. We only live, learn, and grow. Your past is never a mistake if you learn from it. Yet, there are things to be learned from every situation, positive and negative, good or bad. We can learn and grow and pivot and go beyond from where we are now. Even though we may be standing seemingly in front of a brick wall, we may think in the midst of the hurricane of the challenge or the setback, but one thing for sure is, a setback is never permanent. Never make a permanent decision for a temporary event. Life changes. Yes, it does. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I love I love what you said there. Perfection leads to failure. Um, and and you're right. We do have a society. Uh, I used to be very very into perfection. Um, I would have never come on a podcast, you know, a, a business podcast wearing a hat. Um, I would have never felt comfortable saying, um, uh, uh, going to going to a page on the fly without a sidekick. Um, and that is that is so poignant what you said about again, once when you have that expectation to be perfect and you're still not going to fulfill on it. No. No. You're going to be stuck with a sense of disappointment <laughs> with almost everything that you do. Yeah. And it's not gonna, a way to live. Absolutely. You're going to go down the road of self-sabotage because, you, like you said before, you have an expectation that's not humanly possible to do. You can't be perfect. In fact, if you were perfect in this world in which we live, you could not exist here. You would be annoyed by everything you saw and heard and experienced. Mm -hmm. And others would be annoyed with you because of your perfection. 
So things are just as they should be. Yes. Okay. And you have this testimonial on here, uh, Teresa Leah. And Teresa Leah says, they pulled no punches and they helped me. I was stuck. Um, do you mind talking a little bit, bit about that situation, that experience with Teresa? You don't have to reveal anything personal about her, but um, I was very caught by the term, uh, they pulled no punches. Well, it's just like the conversation that we're having now. You know, we want to be polite, courteous, and frank, but at some point you have to take it down where the rubber meets the road because sometimes people are so entrenched in their limiting beliefs and they don't want to let go of the programming in which at some point we all were programmed from birth with things that we had no control over in the programming process. So those things have to be identified. And sometimes it's, it's a little uncomfortable to face, you know, things that are, you know, told to us that, that somehow we thought through life where, well, this is the way life is. This is the way all my friends are. We all think like this. Aha. Uh -huh. That is the problem. Yeah. Yeah, I got you on that. Okay. Um, and and I think uh, one of the things Teresa is alluding to is is just having that entity that will tell you straight up. Yes. You know, like it, be clear about what what needs to be overcome, not beat around the bush. Um, and that can be that can be hard to do um, when you're not working with somebody who, like you said, is is able to be gentle, um, you know, mm -hmm. delicate in the process. But again, um, maintain that that clarity. So. Um, I appreciate that. Now let's talk, uh, let's shift gears completely here. Uh, Wayne, what's your worst business experience ever? What's the worst experience you've had in business? The worst business experience I've had ever is theft. Theft. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. Uh, I had an online scammer that stole about $150,000 from me. Back in 2021. Oh my. Yeah, it was an investment venture. And this person came online pretending to be someone with the organization who I was trying to inquire information from to resolve a, a problem that I had with the situation. And I thought I was talking to a person with the uh, actual company at the firm, but this person was a total scammer and imposter. So they got a hold to some very uh, confidential information and and committed theft and hey life goes on wow um yeah that's the that's the biggest personal amount of money i've i've heard um i've heard 80,000 but 150 yeah oh All my right. goodness um <laughs> what what did you do what was that like well like, did, you, did the fbi like get involved at that level or <laughs> pardon me well, I asked because my, so um, I have a relative who spent $80,000 on an RV um, that didn't exist um, mm -hmm. online. And uh, they, you know, they went to the authorities, the authorities, they couldn't really help them. They tried to go to the FBI. They got told the FBI doesn't get involved unless the case is more than $100,000, yeah. um, at which point they can get involved. At least that's what they said. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, what did you what did you try to do to recruit this? Well, it was nothing that could be done because I am a cryptocurrency investor. And ah. I'm teaching a cryptocurrency class now online this month. And uh, what I tell my students is 
it's a total unregulated environment, unlike stock investing, <laughs> which mm -hmm. we have laws and stipulations uh, that are upheld by the Securities Exchange Commission, the SEC, but in cryptocurrency, there's no such governing body. So everything right. is, is, is right off the cuff, you know, either it works or it doesn't. Yeah, there's nobody you can refer your complaint to. It's just, it's just a loss, it is. So, um, you know, that was a setback for me. I had to deal with that. And in my book, the writing of my book was timely for me as well as the audience that may read my book. Because the very things I'm suggesting to my audience to do, I had to do because mm -hmm. I had suffered quite a bit of loss with $150,000 loss and, you know, money that was stolen from my account. So I had to bounce back. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Um, so that is true. And that is, uh, that's the risk we face when we go for high risk, high reward transactions. Um, sure. and I'm, yes. I'm glad you understand that. Um, and I hope others do too. If, if you go into markets where you have less protection, then um, you just got to be aware uh, that those realities can happen. So on the flip side, what's your best business experience? Uh, my best business experience is, is bouncing back from the loss I had and taking everything, making a 360 degree turn to profitability. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Yes. Tell, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about that. Well, you know, you have to, what I decided to do, you know, every morning I wake up and I advise my listeners and viewers and readers of my book to do the same thing, if you so choose. And that is, I always ask myself, what is it that I do not know? Now, fill in the blank, I will pick an area. Okay. What is it I do not know about cryptocurrency investing? So that's going to give me the uh, wherewithal and the motivation and the inspiration to start out on a road of discovery, to do deep dive learning, researching, because it's evident there's more than you can imagine that you don't know. So until you make up your mind, you're going to discover, you don't know what you don't know. Okay, so you can pick any area. What do I do not know about relationships? What do I do not know about business? What do I do not know about community relations, human relations? It is on and on. You can fill in the blank with everything you want, but that question is so powerful to ask yourself. What is it that I do not know? We are creatures that think we know it all. Yeah. <laughs> Until you become self-aware, we, we do we have that feeling. Um, I think I had an extra dose of that. My family calls me Bo Wayne. Uh-huh. So at, at four years old, right? I got my shirt on. Bo knows. Okay. Right? Bo Jackson, yeah. man. He knew everything. Yeah. Bo knows. Bo knows baseball. Bo knows, Bo knows basketball. Bo knows football, right? So mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I had to unlearn that. And everybody does. You go through that four to eight year old phase, all kids. If you have kids in that age right now, by the way, and they say, I know, I know it gets so annoying, but they're just discovering what they do know and what they don't. Um, right. It's, it's common. But some of us never grow out of that. You're giving us the power to do that right now with this phrase. So I mm -hmm. challenge you, if you're listening, uh, start with something that seems ultra basic. What do I not know about water? Mm hmm. What do I not know about English? Yes. You know, is it is it hospital terms? Is it uh, financial tax planning? Mm -hmm. 
challenge your brain. It doesn't matter if it's relevant in one activity. It does if you're, you know, long term. Then start looking at your career. Start looking at your profession. Start looking at how you want to help others. Mm-hmm. This exactly. is brilliant. That's a brilliant observation. I appreciate that. All right. What other what other powerful lesson can visionaries, people who are launching businesses, people who are on missions to make great global impact, um, what can they learn from your experience? Well, you, you learn that you have to let fears and doubts go. And change is inevitable, whether you're in line or in step with it or not. Everything must change. So know that wherever you are, you can start anew. But if you give up and you want to dwell on the past, you want to have a pity party. And I always tell people, say, okay, setback happened. Go ahead and grieve. Yes, it's only natural. Grieve for a period of time. And hopefully you recognize it should be a short period of time. And after you grieve for a while, well, you got to snap back. So, okay, what's next? I got to get started again. I got to launch out. Yes. I got to move beyond this situation and use that situation as a catalyst to spring you forward in a direction you really want to go. All right. I had to cough. I'm still getting over this bronchitis, my friends. Um, so it's... Uh, it comes and it goes. But uh, I want to ask you too, when uh, you got you got this depth and you obviously you obviously care about people, you wouldn't be a coach if you didn't. Um, my bigger question for you, though, is why do you care? Why do you care about others? Oh, wow. That's a profound question. Yeah. Yeah. I strongly believe that, you know, in life. You know, unconditional love is one thing is in short supply. Now, as humans, we have mastered one very unique thing, and that is judging. Judging <laughs> ourselves and others. Oh, we're masters at that. Yes, <laughs> we are. Masters at that one, you know, part of our personality. We love to judge. Yeah. But can we equally love unconditionally with the same degree hmm. of judging that we do? Most of us can't. We don't even think in those terms. So the way I care about people, you know, in my second, in my third book, I have a unique chapter called Master of Observation, where I'm teaching the readers a very unique concept of how to handle judging, because we all are guilty of it, because we're programmed to do it. We have right. to unlearn that behavior of judging. Yes, it's so easy to do. As a matter of fact, it's very difficult not to do it, but I have a concept in place that will give you the information how to get beyond that and put that behind you but in doing so in my life um looking out you know my hope is to live in an environment where there's just absolute unconditional love for yourself and for others because you can't love anybody else until you love yourself so it starts with me and you first we got to learn to love ourselves and like i said early on don't let perfection get in the way of that. If you think you need to be perfect before you start loving yourself or you have expectations that someone else hadn't met your expectations because you think they're not perfect, you're going down the wrong road. And you're always going to be frustrated with life because you're expecting someone else to be something that you can't be, which is perfect. Let it go and love yourself and others as they are. And always look for something. It should be something that you can identify in every person that you meet, that you can admire. 
if you ever meet a person and there's not one thing that you have admiration mm-hmm. about concerning that person, well, it's because you're judging. Right. Right. And, and blindly, yes. you know, this is, these are principles from phenomenal long-term books. Uh, one of them uh, from the 1800s is as a man thinketh. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll drop that in the reference list when we produce the show notes. Uh, that book has uh, a beautiful passage where it talks about how, whoops, my apologies, how the virtues um, are what lead to our victories. The vices are what lead to our constraints. And while, you know, if you're um, if you're looking at the rich man uh, and you're thinking, oh, he's rich because he's evil. Um, no, he's rich because he's diligent or he's rich because he learned how to negotiate and communicate with people or he's rich because he studied mathematics. There's lots of aspects of diligence that go into that. If you're looking at meanwhile, if you're looking at a poor man who's a great father, Mm-hmm. Then a lot of times we as people associate the poor man and say, oh, he's poor because he's a great father. Um, no, it's not the case. He's poor because he spends a lot of time being a father and maybe he does not like to go to work. Maybe he does not want to produce finances. Maybe that's not something he cares about in life. Um, the book does an eloquent job of explaining just that. I love the concept. I appreciate that that you brought it up. Um, and back to that judgment aspect, we as, as babies, we're so vulnerable. We have to judge. That's, mm. that's, that's, we, we judge who are we safe with? Are we safe with mom? Are we safe with dad? Where do we get our food from? Where do we get our water from? Um, you know, where do we, you know, who do we, who do we want to play with? Who's going to take our toy and steal it from us? or hit us or bite us or scratch us. There's so many things we have to go through. We, we come out as little judgment creatures. Um, you know, we, like you said, I love that. We got to unlearn, unlearn that and then learn to use active love, right? Not just seek love, but to produce it. Absolutely. Yes. Live it out. Be an example of it. Yes. And let that be a part of your life's mission. How have you uh, how have you gone about that, Wayne? Like, how did you come across this concept yourself, and uh, what did that what did the development of of moving towards unconditional love look like for you? Well, you, you know, I came about that through, I guess, partly due to my upbringing, and uh, and also to learning how the universe really works. Hmm. You know, a lot of things that we can't accomplish that we should be able to accomplish. There are a few things that are serving as blockages that prevent us from having, being, doing whatever it is we choose to do in life. And usually uh, it culminates in love, the lack of love. You're going to be happier. You're going to have a more uh, happier emotional state. You're going to be a person that's empathetic toward others. You're going to have a more positive outlook on life. You're going to be more successful in your thinking. You're going to feel good about yourself and your whole environment and the world around you if it's rooted in love. Yeah, because what's the opposite of that? It's a place we don't want to go. (laughs) Yeah. I agree with that. Now, you were also talking about uh, judgment. I would like everybody who's listening, you have an opportunity to do an exercise, a self-awareness exercise. Wayne said something critical. He said that if there's a human being on this earth 
that you cannot look up to with a sense of admiration for a quality, for uh, a virtue that they may possess, um, then you've got to, and it, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Wayne. Um, mm -hmm. and if I say anything wrong about it, I want you to correct me. But and you, then you've got a blockage um, of judgment. Yes. Not allowing you to see. So um, if we were to look at some polarizing figures out there, people who um, are either greatly admired or greatly despised, your goal would be to write these names down on a piece of paper and then write next to them the thing that you admire that you can admire about that individual. So uh, Donald Trump, right? One of those names, Joe mm -hmm. Biden, mm -hmm. one of those names. Let's go ahead and put the uh, the opposites there together. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's throw in a couple more. Obama and George Bush, right? Barack Obama, George Bush, Adolf Hitler. Right. Um, mm -hmm. th those are those are all names you can look at. Kim Jong Il, um, yes. Kim Jong Un, um, I think his name is. Uh, yes. but all of these individuals are people that, um, you know, again, some of you listening may greatly admire um, mm -hmm. or you may greatly despise. So if we were to look at Hitler, Wayne, let's do a let's let's do a polarizing exercise on this. What is there to admire about a man that caused so much destruction and harm in the world? Wow, you, you chose a real easy character to work with <laughs> on the first one. <laughs> yes, you did. Now, I did a different, a very so different one. Okay, so we're looking for a trait of admiration in Hitler. The one that immediately comes to mind with me is his ability to galvanize his philosophy and bring people together and have them accept his philosophy. He, he was a great persuader and orator. Great persuader. And he wouldn't have had the influence that he had if he had not been right. Correct. And I would, I would say diligence, yes. um, you know, as well, like, you know, he exercised extreme diligence in the cause that, that he wanted, no matter how dark it is, um, you know, the yes. diligence that he exercised to fulfill it um, is a, he, he used a virtue in a mission that I don't agree with at all, of course. Uh -huh. um, but if we don't, if we don't have the ability to step back from our emotions mm -hmm. and recognize those virtues, um, it's it's a blockage on us, not on that. It doesn't affect Hitler. No. At all. It doesn't hold him back. If I can't see that, it only holds me back when I get so emotional that I cannot process what's what's happening, what's occurring in this, this situation. The good news is I don't think you're going to face many Adolf Hitlers in your life, um, you know, that you have to come across. But can you do the same exercise? with people who've offended you, you know, or people who you do have to deal with on a daily basis. Um, so Wayne, uh, what are some of the, what are some of the types of people or relationship personas that we come across in life that, that tend to tend to challenge us the most? What do you think? Mm. You mean a particular type of personality or an individual? Either one, um, either one. So I'll, I'll give an example of a, I like where you went with that um, type of person. I would love to hear from you. I'll go the easy route and choose uh, the, the, the role of individual. So somebody who challenges and blocks us often. And that again, that we allow to, it's more about how we allow it, isn't it? Um, but our spouse. Yeah. Our spouses. 
sometimes we blame our spouses, uh, you know, and put them in the position of block or our ex-spouse in my case, um, right? We might say, yeah. oh, they're, you know, they're always causing problems. You know, like that's a very easy thing to jump to. I see a lot of the divorce world yeah. jump in and express extreme judgment on their ex instead of, instead of handling it appropriately. So we're going to unpack that in a minute, but what types of persons or uh, what other role comes to mind? Well, I would say, uh, in my view, a person that who is so my goodness, dogmatic in their thinking to the point where they do not want to accept any alternative point of view. And the only so you're talking about a Republican or a Democrat. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Very good comment there. Yeah. Um, seems like I'm describing both for sure. But um, someone, an uh, individual that, like I said before, who who wants to argue and debate for argue and debate's sake, just to say, I want to accept your point of view because I want to let you prove that I am wrong. But the whole conversation is not being about being right. It's about having a dialogue about the topic under discussion. I'm not trying to debate and prove that you are wrong, but I'm, I'm trying to share my perception and philosophy on this matter. But you're attacking my thought process and my uh, philosophy. And also it's becoming personal. Mm. So that's where the judging is going to come about when it goes beyond the topic of discussion into a personal situation. So, well, yes, I can be attacked because what we all know what I'm not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so it's split. My armor is not very thick. Uh. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to that. So plus I could turn the same uh, light on you as well, but where do we go from there? Right. Down into chaos, you know, to simplify some of that too, what you may be talking about is you get into that political argument, right. Or yeah. that argument that's supposed to be about a perception or a perspective. Yes. And next thing you know, the person you're talking to says you're an idiot, Wayne. Yeah. Right. They, they take it out of the dialogue. They get trapped in the situation where they, they mm -hmm. can't, they can't influence you. They can't express themselves to the degree they want to. And they turn around and they, they just blanket label you and say, fine, I'm, I'm done with you. You're an idiot. Yeah. Um, and now you have an opportunity to judge as mm -hmm. well um, the way they have and, and say, well, you're an idiot or, you know, fine, whatever, and, and get mad and, and hold that. Or you have an opportunity to um, to face that challenge with new tools. Mm -hmm. what's what's uh what are a couple things one can do in that situation to prevent adding fuel to the fire and and creating more chaos or disruption well the first thing i would say is do not take anything that they say as personal because when it gets personal that means that they have nothing philosophical more to add to the conversation <laughs> they, have run out of, they have run out of their ammunition so oh the last thing is to throw a brick at you, man. So <laughs> <laughs> well, said, well said. Yeah. So, the last resort is the yeah, yeah, last resort. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So do not take it personal and, and you know, calm ahead, prevail and stay calm and stay true to who you are and, and what you believe and leave it as is after that, you know, just say, we agree to disagree and I love you. Is it going right back to the unconditional love, even though, we are not anywhere near, you know, a compromise on this. But at the end, I love you. You love me. 
let's shake hands and go eat lunch. <laughs> I love that. Maybe be careful saying the, the I love you thing to your ex-spouse, especially oh, if you're oh, present oh. with their current spouse. Maybe be really careful with that choice. But there are yeah. ways you can express that without, I agree. without I using the word. <laughs> um, but yeah. I like that analogy of the brick. It reminds me of the old saying, pushing somebody's buttons. Yes. Right. And yeah. I, I, re I remember this scene in this kids Pixar movie called Inside Out. Um, mm -hmm. And you get to see inside the little girl's head. And when the anger thing goes off or the set, they just, you know, it just, man, it just starts slamming all the buttons in the, in the kid's brain. And that's why the kid's panicking. Right. And mm -hmm. when you push somebody else's button, when somebody's pushing your buttons, like you said, it's like throwing that brick. Yeah. They may just be grasping at straws, you know, trying to make something stick, trying to make something. Yes hurt yeah. you. And like you said, it's because they've run out of philosophy. They, they have nothing. They have no more power. Yes. And what, yeah. a, what a tragedy to, to then turn around and attack somebody who has lost complete control and lost power. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, you taught me a lot right there. I appreciate that, Wayne. Oh, man. All right. Um, well, we, we're a little bit early, but there's two things we could do. We could either wrap up early or um, actually there's three things. If you have something that you specifically would like to talk about, the stage is yours. And I'll just ask some questions about whatever that is. Or we could dive into how do we go towards developing this unconditional love that you talk about? Okay, I have a choice. You have so a choice. Yeah, I'm going to se select a chapter out of my book, out of my third, excuse me, my second book. Excellent. And it starts on page 27. It's 27. And which book is this? The second book, Setback or Stepping Stone. It's your choice. Setback or Stepping Stone. It's your yeah. choice. Got it. Go ahead. Yes. And the title is called 20 Million Millionaires. 20 Million Millionaires? Yes, because... And last year, in the year 2022, it was stated that the, this country had 20 million millionaires. And I thought about that very deeply. I said, okay, hmm, 20 million. That's a big number. <laughs> That's more than I would have thought of, for sure. <clears throat> I said, okay, what's relevant about that? Well, th I'm sure at some point, like in 21 and 2019, apparently there was not 20 million, but this number has grown. And who knows where it's going to be in 23, 24, and 25 going ahead. <clears throat> so the point I'm making is <clears throat> this is a, a continuation of a process. And what is this process? How are we developing so many millionaires in this country? So after giving some deep thought and meditation, <clears throat> I come to this conclusion. This is my take on that. All of us are taught how to be millionaires in third and fourth and fifth grade. That's the secret. And we totally miss it. Matter of mm -hmm. fact, I spent 22 years in the field of education, 17 years in corporate America as a manager. And in third and fourth, fifth grade, every child is taught how to become a millionaire. In fact, the teachers themselves are teaching this. They're not millionaires. They're teaching content and a philosophy that they can't use to create a million dollars in their own lives mm -hmm. because very uniquely, after fifth grade and on up the ladder of education, usually we're steered away from becoming a millionaire. And the reason for that is we get so determined and locked into the job, 
of the career. And we leave behind those secrets that are taught in third and fourth, fifth grade. In third grade, there are four math facts that are taught. Addition, subtraction, division, and multiplication. Only one of those math facts has the ability to make you a millionaire. Only one. You have an idea which one it is? Multiplication, I'll guess. Multiplication. That's it. When I was a kid growing up in third grade, my grandmother, who raised me, my grandmother and grandfather, my grandmother, every day after school, she made sure that I would take that uh, multiplication chart and study it. I had to study and report in to her what I knew, what I didn't know. And I had no idea why, other than she wanted me to be a, a good achiever and do well in school. But in real life, she did me the greatest favor because I found out the secret for creating wealth. It's through the law of multiplication. For an example, if you had a, a kid and you says, okay, you come by and do chores for me, I'm gonna give you $2. You come back again, you give him another two, well, that's $4. Yeah, you're accumulating some wealth, some money as a kid, but it's such a slow drawn out process, okay? And the human life expectancy does not allow us to live long enough to create wealth, substantial wealth, through addition, subtraction, and division. It just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So on the subtraction part, if the kid gets up to $4 and he comes by on the third time to do chores for me, and I said, you know what? Uh, you have $4 now. Would you mind giving two of them back to me? Well, you're back where you started from. If I asked for four back, you're back to zero. So you didn't make any progress financially. Okay, let's get to division. And say he's come back a number of times. He's gotten up to $8. And I said, okay, how many friends do you have? Hmm, I got three. Give all of your friends $2 each. Hmm. Now you're back to two. And division in our society where we live is the payment of taxes, yeah. all kinds of fees and expenses. Your money is being divided up in so many smaller parts. You can accumulate and grow wealthy. But multiplication, here we go. Now, when the kids come by and I says, today, we're gonna, I'm going to multiply your money. What do you mean, sir? Every time I pay you, I'm going to give you times that amount. So we start out with $2. You come by the next time, do chores, I'm going to give you two more. That's four. All right, you come by the next time. You got four, I'm going to give you two times that. That's eight. Exponentially, your money is growing through multiplication. So if you move into investing, as I detail in this chapter, mm -hmm. if you buy a $5 stock, you buy 100 shares, that's $500 you've spent. And each one of those shares uh, gain an increase up to $20 each. Well, you got 100 times 20. Now, that's $2,000. You started out with a $500 investment that has multiplied up to 200. And if it's a dividend paying stock, as I described in the chapter, it's growing even more exponentially. So only through the law of multiplication can you grow wealthy. You have to use a tool or a honest and legal and morally right tool, I'm sure, that you can multiply your wealth. Adding yeah. and division cannot do it. It's only through the law of multiplication. Excellent topic. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's so funny. You you opened my eyes. I started to think about my education from third to fifth grade as well. And 
And, uh, you know, while you're diving into the, the stock side of it, the compound interest on savings as you accumulate regularly, right? Create that habit of yes. dedicating yourself to this concept. You're right. Absolutely. We learned it right there in third, yeah. fourth, fifth grade, along with entrepreneurship in fourth grade. That was fun mm -hmm. in fifth grade um, in, in my school. Um, but that, that multiplication factor, fantastic lesson for anybody to be thinking about um, and, and realizing that you do have more control than you realize yes. over over utilizing the assets that you have. And some of that requires some discipline, mm -hmm. right? Some of that requires, right. um, you know, maybe going without Netflix. Yes. Some of that requires maybe going out Disney without Disney Plus. Some of yeah. that requires maybe downgrading that bandwidth of your internet from 300 to 100. It's yes. not going to make much of a difference. Um, you know, you, there's ways that you can you can use your funds more wisely for the long term. But there's a discipline and routine and habit and mindset that and, and I'm sure other virtues as well, that you have to make a conscious effort to say, I'm going to change mm -hmm. the way I do this. All of us do. Yes, yes. And becoming self-aware, as you just mentioned, you know, you, when you think about money, my grandparents taught me very uh, detailed that when you are an adult and you uh, become responsible and accountable, you got to do two things when you earn money. You got to take care of your living expenses and you must take care of your financial obligations. That was the end of the story. The other part they did not tell me, even though I still love them so, <laughs> is this. If you have $100 and $70 is needed to take care of your living expenses and satisfy all your financial obligations, you have $30 left. One portion of that $30 must be used to make more money. Hmm. You can only work eight hours a day and maybe a little bit extended in overtime, but you got to have rest, recreation time, family time. But if that a portion of that $30 that was not needed for obligations and your financial well-being your expenses, rather, use a portion of that to make more money. That's what they're investing in multiplication part. Warren Buffett said it best. He says, if you, when you're asleep, if your money is not making money for you, you're going to die broke. Hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So um, when I was a teenager, I met a very um, wealthy banker and I uh, asked him, you know, how to get to where he was. Um, you know, what advice does he have? And he said, it's really simple. He said, follow the 80, 10, 10. Uh, I'm sorry that. Yeah. The 80, 10, 10 rule. Um, mm -hmm. he said 80% for living expenses, 10% for savings, 10% to God. Wow. Said, okay. Obviously this ties back to one of the concepts Wayne's already taught us. And I'm gonna go back to it. What is it that I do not know mm -hmm. about savings, right? Yeah. That's your homework. Go listen to that Vision Pros. Uh, if you're inspired to do so, it's a great opportunity to say, what is it that I do not know about saving strategies and how yes. to save? Um, the more you learn, the more you can learn. Wayne, this is a, a delight. Uh, where can people reach out to you at? Okay, you can reach out to me at info at thinkcreatesuccess.com. That's info at thinkcreatesuccess.com. Awesome. My friends, that is in the show notes. Now, Wayne, it's been an honor to have you here. I'll catch up to you right after the show. And everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Vision Pros Live. And we look forward to seeing you on the next one.
have a fantastic day. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent time building out your vision and